السلام علیکم و رحمت الله بسم الله الرحمن الرحیم الحمد لله رب العالمین و صلی الله علی سیدنا و نبینا عبدالقاسم المصطفى محمد و علی آله الطیبین الطاهرین لا سیما بقیت الله فی العرضین امخل الله تعالی فرجه الشریف Alhamdulillah, we are able to have once again our reflections on Surah Taha. I thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as you know, we reached the verse about the magicians and how they were changed. If you look at this slide, in the verse 70, which is to explain what happened after the magicians brought their magic and then Prophet Musa threw the stick and swallowed all their magic. Allah says, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم فألقي السحرة سجدة قالوا آمنا برب هارون the magicians all of them it's interesting all of them after seeing the miracle the sign of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they all cast themselves down prostrating you know, as if they rushed to sajda. You know, they cast down themselves. They rushed to sajda. Either because they already had this custom or understanding that sajda is the greatest type of respect because some people already had this information about sajda you know at least for example we know that among the children of Yaqub this was known sajda was known brothers of Yusuf did sajda for him even at that time, sajda was not only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sajda was something that you could do for showing maximum respect to someone. Like your father, like a very noble person, for example. So they have some information about sajda. So either because of that or because of a kind of natural reaction. When you want to show humbleness when you want to show your maximum respect for someone you bend down you bow and if it goes higher then you go for such that and they wanted you know to do it very quickly even it doesn't say the magicians cast down themselves 
So they were cast down. Means this event, what they saw, what they witnessed, made them do this. They went to Sajda. It means that these magicians experienced something very important and perhaps this was a sign of Allah as great or maybe even greater than the stick of Musa a stick of Musa was a sign from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but don't you think that this is another great sign or maybe greater sign of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that magicians who had spent their lives on doing haram on doing magic which in some verses of the Quran is considered like kufr the magicians who spend their life on magic then on top of that now they are hired by Pharaoh to defeat the Prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that is to fight against Allah now these magicians all of a sudden they become so humble before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so much devoted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that they go to sajda and they say Musa." we believed in the Lord of Moses and Harun isn't this a great sign of Allah isn't this more difficult than changing a wooden stick to a dragon or to a snake maybe it's more difficult change from kuf to iman change from a very high level of kuf to a very high level of iman is very very difficult is much more difficult than making a material like wood into a for example, human being or an animal or a bird. What happened there? Why they were so much changed? I will come back to this question, inshallah. Let us continue a little bit because to understand better the amount of change that they went through, we need to read some more verses then inshallah we come back to this question so then these magicians without bothering about Pharaoh what, without bothering about his security without bothering about the public you know many times when we want to do something even we know that it is right we feel embarrassed we feel shy these people who were brought there and they had reputation of being the best magicians for sure it could be a concern for them that what happens to our reputation what people would tell about us if we do this 
Let us don't say anything. Then when we go home, for example, then we do sajda for Allah. In home we say, you know, we are good with Pharaoh's, uh, sorry, with Musa's Lord. We don't create troubles for ourselves with Pharaoh and with the public. No, they didn't say any of these things. They went to Sajda in front of everyone and they expressed their Iman, their faith in the Lord of Moses and Harun. Because that was not a place for feeling embarrassed. That was a very crucial time. That was the time in which their testimony was needed. That was not the time of taqiyah. Yes, we have sometimes to do taqiyah. But here was a time that Pharaoh has done his best to challenge in front of the public the messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And these magicians could be good witnesses for the truth. So, Pharaoh was very angry. Imagine someone so arrogant like Pharaoh who was not even willing to acknowledge that this is an issue, this is important. He didn't want to give any recognition to Moses and Harun. With respect to Harun, even he was, as we said last week, very much ignoring him. Now, according to his invitation, they have made appointment with Moses in a day that uh, people, you know, uh, all could come because you know that he said, you know, we make an appointment in a very, for example, public place or common place and Prophet Musa said, you know, you, uh, we choose your Mozina. So, everything was according to the suggestion of Pharaoh because he was the one who suggested this and asked Musa to fix the details and now in front of his ministers, you know, commanders, soldiers, in front of the public he sees that the best magicians are supporting Moses he got very angry, very upset Qala آمنتم له قبل أن آذن لكم Look at the language, look at the arrogance. He doesn't say, Why did you believe in Musa and Harun? Or why did you believe in the Lord of Moses and Harun? No, he doesn't say that. He doesn't say you are wrong. No. Look at his arrogance. He says, Have you believed him before I give you permission? You know, for him the most important thing was his authority. 
For him, the most important thing is that people should ask him permission for anything, even for something very personal, and that is faith. They should seek permission from him. To believe in God or not, they have to seek permission from Pharaoh. This is where arrogance reaches. They want you to obey them in everything, private and public. Even, you know, sometimes tyrants, they don't want you to think in a different way. They want to make sure that you think like what they want. Not only you behave like what they want, they want you to make sure that you think like them. So he said, Amantum lahu, which means Amantum lahu, have you believed in him? Meaning Moses, or perhaps God, but both is possible. Have you believed in him before I give you permission? In a sense, he also wanted to perhaps say that if you had asked me permission, maybe I could have given you permission. It's not important for me, you know, a kind of pretending that it was not important for him what they did. What was important was that they had to observe his authority and first ask permission and then do what they want. Then he made a charge against them and against Musa Look at his politics. He didn't give up. He was not like those magicians. Those magicians, they changed because they realized that what Moses did was not magic. They were very appreciative of what Moses did because this was their job. They were the best magicians and when they saw the miracle of Musa, according to their profession, according to their expertise and experiences, they realized that this is not magic. This must be a person who is supported by God. So they had greatest recognition. But Pharaoh still is insisting on his wrong stand. He says, He is your master. Indeed, he is your teacher. Innahu lakabirukumu alladhi allamakumu Look at, you know, the way he is, you know, trying to question them. He says, if you believe in him, this is not surprising. This is everything planned before. Musa is your teacher. And he has taught you magic. So, for sure he can do things that you cannot do. 
Or maybe you have made this arrangement between yourselves that you do something and he does something greater. In this way, he wanted to do several things. One, he wanted to say that your faith is fake. It's not genuine. It's a plan. Second, what Musa did was also magic. But it was a higher type of magic. Third, he wanted to say Musa is also a magician. Fourth, not only was a magician, he is the one who has trained magicians. If he was keeping magic for himself, it was better than a person who is training magicians, spreading this facade, this corruption. And he is the highest and greatest magician in the land, in our state, in our nation. How many charges he has made you know, here against them? إِنَّهُ لَكَبِيرُكُمُ الَّذِي عَلَّمَكُمُ السِّحْرِ Now I am going to punish you because you have been trying to deceive people, to do magic and you have believed in the Lord of Musa before getting permission. You have many many problems so you need, you deserve a great punishment. So, for sure you have to be killed. But even the way I'm going to kill you would be special. I'm not going to kill you easily. I want to give you a very severe treatment and also I want to give lesson to other people so that in future no one dares to believe in Musa. You cannot question my authority. If today I keep lenient, then tomorrow many people will take advantage. So I'm going to give you a very severe punishment. What did he suggest? فَلَا he said, I am going to cut off your hand and leg from different sides. For example, right hand and left leg. You know, it would make life really, really miserable. If you have no hand, it's difficult. No leg is very difficult. If you lose both of your hand, one hand and one leg is very difficult. But if it is from different direction, right hand and left leg for example, then even to keep in balance is difficult. It makes life very, very miserable. You cannot do anything. And not only that, and I am going to crucify you upon the trunks of palm trees. 
فی جزوع نخل so he would die but with pain with humiliation and then you will certainly know ayyuna ashaddu azaban wa abqa you would certainly know which of us is greater in punishing and is more endurable me or Moses or me or the Lord of Moses I can kill you I can put an end to your life I can make you suffer punish you no one can do this like me okay Pharaoh wanted to threaten them and give them a lesson and give actually everyone a lesson and perhaps he was hoping that they would say oh for all sorry we made a mistake yes you are right we should you know seek permission from you so please forgive us we promise we don't do anything like this in future please don't kill us you know we have wives children you know relatives so perhaps he expected now they withdraw they repent they ask forgiveness they ask for some kind of you know forgiveness no what they said made her own even more humiliated their initial recognition of Musa was great but their insistence after being threatened so severely is even more look at what they said and you see no sign of fear no sign of even thinking for the second time say okay let us think about it no they were determined قالوا لن نؤثرك على ما جاءنا من البينات والذي فطرنا they said by the one who has created us والذي فطرنا this is قسم they swore by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they said by the one who has created us we are not going to prefer you over what has come to us from Bayyanat means those clear and manifest signs of God that have come to us are the most important thing for us we are not going to leave them aside and follow you who are you? when our Lord who has created us has sent his signs, his bayyanat, clear signs we go for that do whatever you want to do rule or judge whatever you want 
They don't bother. They really questioned Pharaoh. They really challenged his authority. They really humiliated Pharaoh. In the end of the day, what can Pharaoh do? إِنَّمَا تَقْضِي هَذِهِ الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا The maximum that you can do is to do something in dunya. You can judge about dunya. You can tell people to kill us. You can tell people to torture us. You can tell people, I don't know, to uh, confiscate our properties. Okay. Everything is what you can do in dunya. And for us, dunya is not important. For us, our relation with God is important. For us, our eternal life is important. For us, heaven is important. You can only rule or judge in this worldly life. We have believed in our Lord. And this is not something that we do it and then we change our mind. Like the people that Allah said in the Quran, there are people who aman thumma kafaru. There are people who have faith and they are, they are kafir and they have you know, faith. This is not working. Faith is a lifelong commitment. We have embraced faith because we were 100% sure and we keep that. Nothing is going to weaken us, to shaken us. Why? Because among different reasons, one important reason is that we knew that we have wasted our life. We have spent our life in committing sins, in doing magic, creating troubles for people. Now we wanted to be forgiven. We have already enough to be worried about all the sins that we have committed. That is our worry. And we want to make sure that we would be forgiven before we die. We have believed in our Lord so that He would forgive our sins. And in particular, وَمَا أَكْرَهْتَنَا عَلَيْهِ مِنَ السِّحْرِ And in particular, we want to be forgiven the magic that you compelled us to perform. So, it shows that magic is a very important sin, a major sin, and also they want to say that this is something that you forced us to do. Which magic Pharaoh forced them to do? The last one, 
possibly because this was perhaps the greatest scene among all different instances of magic that they performed this was the greatest why because it was to use magic against messengers of God and this was suggested by Pharaoh or perhaps they want to say that all the magics that we performed was somehow because of you because you were ruler of this nation and when a bad ruler a corrupt ruler is there people are going to the wrong direction you wanted us to do magic either knowingly or unknowingly consciously or unconsciously when you are a bad leader then you would be responsible for bad things that happen whether you have planned it directly or you didn't plan directly but this is the result of your way of ruling your way of leadership so they said we want to make sure that we are forgiven for our khatayana for our mistakes for our sins and in particular wama akrahtana alayhim and what you have compelled us to do and that is to perform magic wallahu khayrun wa abqa Pharaoh had said you would certainly know which of us is greater in punishing and is more endurable they said wallahu khayrun wa abqa Allah is better and more endurable maybe you are merciless you are very cruel okay that's your quality but when it comes to goodness Allah is the best and when it comes to baqa endurability he is abqa he remains more because he is everlasting you are not going to remain forever and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and perhaps this was remaining of the conversation of magicians innahu man ya'at rabbahu mujriman fa inna lahu jahannama la yamutu fiha wa la yahya whoever comes to his lord while he is a criminal this can be said by the magicians or this can be said by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a general rule especially because it's whoever comes to his Lord but if it is said by magicians it's because they felt very close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said whoever comes to his Lord so if someone meets Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala while he is mujrim, he's criminal, he's sinful فَإِنَّ لَهُ جَهَنَّمْ then his destiny would be 
hell going to hell and the problem in hell is you don't die so that you relax say okay I'm finished so it's stopping no as you know the Quran says the people who are in hell they would ask the angel who is responsible the patron of the hell which is called Malik Nadaya Malik Malik means the one who is in charge but it's a kind of maybe name for that angel or at least it's known by this quality may your Lord finish us terminate us why? because for them it's important not to be there so that they don't suffer anymore he says, no, you have to stay here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here says, they are in hell. They don't die. But But also they don't experience life. You know, when life is very miserable, then it's like death. But it's not real death because there is pain. If it was a real death, then, okay, you say, okay, we are finished. But it's a very low quality of life. They cannot improve. They cannot, you know, do anything to protect themselves. They cannot do anything to better their situation. So, it's a very, very low level of life. So, it's something like between life and death. It means between normal life and death. But on the other hand, whoever comes to his Lord while he is faithful, she is faithful, and has done righteous deeds. They would have high ranks. Not only they will go to heaven, they will not have any suffering, they would enjoy themselves, they would be in high positions. They would be in gardens. Which gardens? The gardens beneath them rivers flow and they will be there forever so in the gardens of Eden with the rivers and with permanence this is the reward for the people who seek purity this is the main thing. Purity. We do good actions in order to purify ourselves. And that's the main thing. To become pure. As the Quran says, Or 
قد افلح من زکاها و قد خواب من دستاها everyone who purifies himself even zakat we say zakat because in this way you are purifying not only your money as some people said you are purifying yourself قد افلح من تذکا or الذي يؤتي ماله يتذکا in the paper uh, on self-purification, you can find it in Message of Faqalim or in Shomali.net. Please refer to that paper about self-purification and you would see uh, how important it is to purify ourselves and how giving charity helps to purify ourselves. So, this garden with all the beautiful qualities that it has is Jazaumen Tazaka. Okay. Now we go back to the first question. What happened to these magicians? Sometimes you are a faithful person for years, but when you see that you have to lose something for the sake of your faith, for the sake of God, then you start doubting. For example, there are people who are faithful, they say prayer, but they are not ready to give money. Or they are not ready to uh, utter the words of justice in front of tyrants. They are not able to protect Mazlumin, the oppressed people. They are not going to make any public stance when needed. I'm not saying that you have to always you know, make public stance. Sometimes you have to observe, you know, taqiyah. But sometimes it might be needed. But they are not ready to do that. Or I am not ready to do that all the time. For us, it is sometimes a struggle. It can be from little things to the great things. We have different types of tests. What happened to these people? That they were really, genuinely devoted to God. No worry about their reputation. No worry about their job, about their money, about their family, about their health, about their life, about pain of torture. No worry at all. I'm not saying that they were not, for example, you know, human beings and you know, they didn't you know, have uh, physical pain or whatever. No. But I mean, these were not important for them. As we have in another place, you know, they said, La wayra inna ila rabbina munqalibun. They said, no problem. We have returned to our Lord. How this happened? This is what I think we can consider as a revolution, as a transformation, as a conversion. If you are interested, you know, you can also follow this story in Surah Shu'ara. And in Surah Shu'ara also, Fir'aun says, 
قال آمنتم له قبل أن آذن لكم إنه لكبيركم الذي علمكم السحر فلا سوف تعلمون لأقطعن أيديكم وأرجلكم من خلاف لأولا أصدبنكم أجمعين very similar to what we had in سورة طه and then in verse 15 of سورة شعراء which is chapter 26 قالوا راضيرة no problem إنا إلى ربنا منقلبون we are returning to our Lord what happened what made them rise so fast, so quickly? Change of direction. This is very important. Unfortunately, sometimes when we are going to a wrong direction, then we want to keep going to the right direction with a little change for example if my car is going to a wrong place maybe you know for example I'm going to collapse from the edge of a cliff then I say okay I turn my face back. I turn my, I don't know, chest back, my hand back. It doesn't solve the problem. You are going to that wrong direction. It's like, for example, I'm going to a bad meeting, you know, for example, to haram, for example, gathering. I say, okay, I go there, but I uh, close my ear or I put you know for example a microphone in my ear and I listen to the Quran your whole direction is wrong just closing your ear or listening to the Quran is not changing the problem or you say I, you know close my eye when your entire life is in bad direction when your life is dedicated to anything other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is wrong it's not important how much little things you know you do to improve the whole thing is problem if my building is collapsing and then I start painting the rooms it's not helping my building is collapsing and then I say okay let me bring guests because Allah loves my you know uh, hospitality the whole thing is collapsing the whole thing has to be repaired this is very important our problem is that most of the time we are not ready for fundamental change we want to bargain by keeping the lifestyle that is not pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and do a little things and we think in this way we can please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I live like the person who doesn't have faith but then I try to add something beautiful like praying you know charity, ziyara but the whole lifestyle the whole philosophy of life is what? Is like the people who have no faith. The people who don't believe in anything other than 
dunya. This is not solving the problem. If I have haram, like for example meat, then I put, you know, salt and chilies, you know, and spices. It's not going to change that haram meat. These magicians decided to change totally. Few minutes ago, they were very much interested in money. In another place, you know, in two places, Allah says in the Quran, they asked for own, is there any reward for us if we defeat Musa? Very similar in two places is mentioned. With a little difference, you know, very similar. So, they were looking for Pharaoh's reward, Pharaoh's payment. So everything for them. They didn't bother that they are, you know, doing this against Musa, against a person who claims to be prophet. No, money for them was important. To be close to Pharaoh was important for them. And Pharaoh said, Naam wa innakum al-muqarrabin. Not only I will reward you, you will be very close to me. You will be able to have access to me, you will be able to ask me for everything you want, you will be able to intercede for other people, you know. As I said before, you know, there's beautiful uh, point about muqarrab here, that in some discussions, Alhamdulillah, we have mentioned this, that from these verses we can understand who is also muqarrab to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Muqarrab is a person who can anytime speak to the one that he is near to. He will not be blocked, he will not be in need of permission, he can ask for everything, he will be given without, you know, expectation of doing something, he can intercede for other people. There are many beautiful things that we can learn from this point about conversation between magician and from. He said, not only I give you reward, when you become muqarrab, muqarrab then is not given only payment for what he has done. Muqarrab will be given whatever he likes. Okay, these magicians who were interested in pleasing Pharaoh, being close to Pharaoh, getting money from him, and when they started magic, they said, Their source of reference was dignity of Pharaoh. Okay, this is quite wrong. What Ezzah anyone has other than Allah and His Prophet and Mu'mineen? Ezzah, dignity comes from Allah. But they said, Okay, totally wrong approach to life. But with 180 degree of transformation, now they say, Money, not important. Position, not important. Only Akhirah is important. One big sign of a person who is in the right direction is that for him Akhirah is the most important thing. Dunya is important but for the sake of Akhirah. So, these magicians sincerely made the change and that's it 
if you really change you don't need that much of life experience that much of time of course if you keep this for longer it would be better and better but what is important is that you change the direction as soon as you change the direction you are treated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a very special person when Salman embraced Islam from the first day he was a good person of course I don't want to say Salman was like magicians but I'm saying that when he accepted the truth from the first day he was a special Abu Zan from the first day was a special why? Because they decided from the first day to devote themselves to God, to devote themselves to Islam. That's the main thing. Say Allah, then leave them. That's success. So how many years we need to improve? We don't need many years. We can improve ourselves in one minute. Everyone just now decides to devote himself to God. He is already successful. He is already successful. Just he needs to maintain this. In a minute we can become muqarrab to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then you have to keep it. You have to prove it. When the test come, then we will realize that yes, this man or woman is really devoted to God. For magicians, the test came very quickly. As soon as they said that we believe in God and they changed the direction, the test came and they passed the test very successfully. It was a very big test, but they passed it successfully. How much good actions, how much you know um, about that they had, nothing. How much reflection they had, nothing. Everything happened so fast. Because they had changed the direction, they had changed their mindset. They said, we want to. Please Allah, we have already wasted our life, no time for wastage. That's it. Every test, then it's easy. And sometimes, you know, unfortunately, we torture ourselves. May Allah help all of us. May Allah help me, inshallah. You know, sometimes what happens is that when we are faced with a bad suggestion or bad, you know, lifestyle, you know, we keep thinking and thinking. And then at the end, either we give up and go after the right direction, or even if we manage to keep our faith and taqwa it's very difficult because we have been thinking about it we have been you know thinking about the advantages disadvantages so we make this decision very painful for us like for example you have I've had been given you know a suggestion of making a haram business for example for one million dollar then I think you know what can I do with this million dollars can change my life you know it has so many advantages then I think about you know the bad side of it so either in the end I accept this suggestion or even if I don't accept it would be very difficult 
the person who has devoted himself to God doesn't spend even one second on thinking about doing haram. If you know it's haram, leave it. Don't think about it. It makes it much easier for you. If a food, for example, is haram, don't go near it. Not that you go there and smell, you know, the fragrance, you know, or you say, no, I put it a little bit here to taste. No, leave it totally. Okay. Let us stop here. Our time is short. And inshallah, we will continue our discussion next week. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enable us to experience that devotion to Him. So that afterwards nothing other than His pleasure would matter to us, inshallah. Thank you very much. Let me see if we have any questions. Okay. Uh, question one. Were the magicians crucified the way Pharaoh described? Uh, the Quran doesn't say about that, but it seems that they must have been crucified, especially after what they said, you know, after the threat. Because even before that, he said he's going to do this, and they didn't do anything to please Pharaoh. They even said, you know, more against Pharaoh. Therefore, uh, they must have been crucified. Uh, do we know anything more about these magicians who converted so quickly and profoundly? Uh, as far as we have in the Quran, in several places, I think I have said nearly everything. Uh, if anything has escaped my mind, I don't remember. But I think I have mentioned anything that we have in the Quran about them in different places. But then, uh, in some historical books, there may be things that um, for example, some of them may be um, possible to be verified. Some of them may not be possible to be verified. But the main thing are the things that are mentioned in the Quran. Question 3. Salaamu Alaikum Alaikum Salaam. This is a bit unrelated. Imam Ali Salaam said, Overeating and mental sharpness do not get along. Okay. Uh, the question is, for example, about them, someone like Muawiyah, who was uh, very uh, clever, as this person asked, this brother or sister, despite eating too much. Yes. Uh, we have this uh, hadith that, for example, betna, uh, you know, to eat too much, would not come together with hikmah, with understanding. It doesn't mean that at that time when you know your stomach is full, you cannot function, you cannot think. But wisdom, which is not just cleverness in the way that we understand, wisdom is very difficult to come together with eating, drinking, enjoying yourself physically too much. Yes, you can make satanic plans when you are even drunk, let alone you have eaten too much. Satanic plans can happen. Muawiyah type of you know, cleverness, if you call it cleverness, can happen when the stomach is full. 
but that type of wisdom that we find in pious people who are close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cannot be expected when someone is drunk or someone is, has eaten too much or someone has eaten haram so we have to make distinction you can have a person who learns physics, chemistry, philosophy different sciences while he eats too much but to come up with novel ideas especially spiritual ideas then that's different if you are interested uh, we had a series uh, in London and also in the Haram of Lady Masuma on Hikmah and how to achieve Hikmah and there we have mentioned these points and hadith question 4 I have heard the hadith in which Imam Sadr was asked what he would do given the choice to do Shatim Imam Ali or being martyred and he said that it was more beloved to him to do Shatim in fact I thought in our faith it is wajib to do Taqiyah if our lives are in danger unless certain other conditions come into play for example if my Taqiyah causes the death of someone else how can this be reconciled in the Quranic picture of these magicians who yes thank you this is a question that I somehow addressed but very uh, briefly and indirectly now thank you for raising this question yes Taqiyah is a principle it's very important but even in our hadith we have places that Taqiyah is forbidden for example as you also perhaps indicated if it's a matter of life then in some cases you cannot keep silent look at Imam Hussain why Imam Hussain didn't do Taqiyah because Taqiyah has a limit we have to very much observe Taqiyah especially in Akhir al-Zaman we have hadith that Kullama al-Amr whenever the coming of Imam Zaman comes nearer then Taqiyah becomes Ashat becomes greater yes Taqiyah is very important but there is a limit for Taqiyah if for example if I am an alim if I am a marja or a scholar very highly respected then enemies of Islam want to destroy Islam by changing Islam restoring Islam destroying Islam from within can I say I do taqiyya? I don't say anything. Or I have to express my view. It's, it's a matter of some practices. Like for example the way we do wuzu. Yes. Imam salam sometimes has Shia to do wuzu. Like others because if they were known to be Shia they would be killed or you know imprisoned or tortured if it's a matter of not doing some practices or not emphasizing on some of the beliefs or it's a matter of 
bringing, you know, unity. So we don't say some of the things. We don't do some of the things. We do extra things. Details have to be taken from fiqh. But if my iman is in question, the whole iman, if they tell me either you kill this person or we kill you, either you kill the Prophet of God or we kill you, I cannot do taqiyah here. I say, okay, I kill him, you know, because of taqiyah. Or if, as I said, you know, the whole Islam is going to disappear as an alim, I cannot do taqiyah. So, taqiyah is a very important principle, but as our ulama have mentioned, sometimes taqiyah is wajib, sometimes taqiyah can be mustahab, sometimes taqiyah can be haram. It depends. We have to be careful. And this is where we need the guidance of our ulama, the guidance of our marajah. Where is the place that we have to be doing taqiyah? Where we shouldn't. Uh, I think we had only four questions and our time is already over. So, alhamdulillah, we had uh, trouble free. <laughs> uh, we had no technical uh, problem today, alhamdulillah. And I am very grateful for your attention, for your uh, interest. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enable us inshallah to keep reflecting on the Quran and implementing the Quran and more than anything else inshallah to devote ourselves to Him inshallah. May Allah protect you and your family and the community. May Allah inshallah send His Rahmah to all the Mu'mineen, especially Mu'mineen that have rights upon us, our parents and teachers and our ulama and martyrs. May Allah let them be with Muhammad and Allah Muhammad, inshaAllah. Wa akhiru da'wana, alhamdulillah, rabbil alam.